today on the Friday Fix. A good IPO is one where a business prepares properly in advance of even starting the IPO process, such that the business itself is very clear on its equity story and data and information that's needed to support that equity story so that they can sell that business to institutional investors. Hello, my name is James White. I'm head of the Industrial Support Services team here at PowerScore and welcome to another edition of the Friday Fix. I'm joined today by Simon Olson, who's a partner in Deloitte equity capital markets team. Uh, Simon has been working in ECM for over 20 years. He's been with the firm since 1999. And given that he did his first IPO back in 2002, it's fair to say he's learned a little bit about the process along the way. And he's here to share his thoughts with us. Simon, thank you for joining us. Good morning, James. And thank you very much for having me here this morning. Let's start with the kind of conditions we're faced with at present. UK IPOs in 2022 were pretty few and far between. There were just 45 new issuers last year, which was a 62% decline uh, from 2021. What's your take on the market presently and your outlook for 2023 when it comes to new listings? So you're right. The dizzy heights of 2021 for IPOs turned into a pretty poor year last year of 2022. I think if we look at what caused that, we had some very uncertain times in 2022. We had a lot of macro factors economically causing headwinds for IPO. We also had the geopolitical factors of the Ukraine. As we look into 2023, what I think we're seeing is those factors improving. The economic outlook, I think, is getting better faster than we hoped, and any recession looks like it's going to be shallower. What I think we'll see in 2023 is a small number of IPOs before the summer, and then a bigger window opening up in the autumn and more IPOs happening then. Now, why is that? The primary driver for not seeing many before the summer is, number one, the factors I talked about are still easing as we speak. And number two, not many businesses were preparing for IPO at the start of the year, which just means they don't have enough runway to then be ready and completing the IPO before the summer. So I think we'll see a good market in the autumn. I think we'll continue to see that improve then through to 2024. And if I look at our pipeline of IPOs we're currently working on, we're seeing a strong pipeline for the spring of 2024 in particular, where people are looking to go off of what they hope to be good results for 2023. It sounds pretty encouraging, Simon. It it does feel like there's a bit of a a tangible shift in the mood music. The FTSE's at record highs and those recessionary fears have receded. Where do you see the particular bright pockets being in terms of sectors, those markets that potentially are going to see more IPOs coming out in the sectors than than not? Yeah, the two sectors that particularly stand out for me are energy and natural resources and then financial services. I think energy and natural resources for two reasons. One, there's a lot of change going on in that industry. There's a lot of move towards cleaner technologies, different technologies, new fuels. We're also seeing, though, a resurgence of interest in traditional energy sources. And I think the situation in Ukraine and the subsequent implications it's had on global energy supply have meant that people are looking more favourably again at traditional sources. If we look at financial services, I think, again, there's a lot of disruption in that industry. We're seeing a lot of consolidation. We're seeing a lot of new technology. So I think we'll see quite a bit of activity in financial services as well. I do think we'll see recovery across the board, though. I would suspect some of the more speculative technology IPOs that were seen in 2021 will be fairly late to come back in this window. I think the days of some of the technology platforms that are loss making coming to the market at high valuations are gone. So there's still quite an adjustment to come through for valuations in the tech space. It's one of the key drivers of any exit, whether it's IPO, whether it's sale. Obviously, all IPOs are very different. What are the things that really do make companies get away better than those that perhaps fall over? Yeah, I think there's two aspects to consider here. The first is 
the equity story. So why would an investor buy the business in the first place? And then the second is executing the IPO process smoothly and effectively. So the first is obviously the most important that underpins the valuation. What are investors looking for at the moment? I think you need to have a business that's proven. You need to have a market that shows good growth opportunity. And you need to have a management team that investors are willing to buy into and believe can execute on the growth and the strategy of the business. If I look at process Many people will say, well, process is process, it will just happen. But what can happen if you don't execute the process efficiently is either you miss the market window or people lose confidence in your business because you're unable to give them the data and information that they need to properly assess your business. So a good IPO is one where a business prepares properly in advance of even starting the IPO process, such that the business itself is very clear on its equity story and is very clear on the data and information that's needed to support that equity story so that they can sell that business to institutional investors very effectively. I mean, we see this all the time. It's about firms being match fit before you need to take to the park, isn't it? You need to be in that mindset and thinking about it in advance because it's an intense process, right? There's lots and lots of work that goes into making an IPO a success. Yeah, you're right, James. If you think about what happens on an IPO, the process typically takes six to nine months. And at the start of that, people will kick off. You'll engage lots of advisors. You'll have investment bankers, lawyers, accountants, PR agents, etc. all come on board at the same time. So you're going to have north of 200 people helping you actively engage in getting the IPO done. Now, that's a lot of people working very hard. If you start that six to nine months and you're not ready, you're going to have all those 200 people trying to work with you, but you're not able to meet their needs and demands, and the process quickly becomes very chaotic. Depending on the business, the full process can take anything from six months, sometimes to well over two years, where you've got complexity involved. So get to grips early with what's needed, and in particular, have a full assessment of your readiness as an organisation. Understand the roadmap, understand what gaps you may have, understand what needs to be fixed before that process starts. If you have a crisp equity story that you can explain to them, you have the resources available within your organisation to run the project. It's unlikely you'll have it in the organisation already. If you do have the people, it's likely they've got a day job. So if nothing else, that day job will need to be backfilled so that they can be free to the IPO project. In your experience, is it that the kind of the main reason that IPOs fall over that people just simply aren't prepared for the levels of work involved or are there other kind of mistakes that the companies make along the way? The two areas I primarily see businesses struggle from process. Number one is, as I said earlier, just resource. They don't have in sufficient manpower to get through the IPO project. You can get that assessed up front and you should do, but most businesses typically will assume that many of their existing employees can simply deal with the IPO on the side of their desks. It's too intense a project for people to do that. The second area is not dealing in advance with potential complexities that will likely come up. You can work with advisors before you kick off the full IPO process to try and identify what are those red flag areas such that you're not trying to deal with complex technical matters during the IPO process. You've dealt with them in advance. Fail to prepare, prepare to fail. It's the old adage, isn't it? I guess kind of changing tack slightly, London has been in the news recently as a kind of centre for capital markets. People looking at London in the context of firms kind of moving abroad to other stock exchanges. I know you've spoken in the past about the attractions of London as, as a capital market centre. What is it about London that is such a good home for IPOs? I think London is steeped in history. It has a very long history as a major financial centre in the world. It has very stable government. It has very stable law. It has a very stable financial regime, even notwithstanding the recent events of Brexit and things that have caused some turbulence. So that makes it a very attractive financial centre. It's always been a very attractive place for companies to come and do business. If you look at the London Stock Exchange, across most industries, 
there are good peer groups for businesses to list against, to join the stock exchange and be compared against. And there's a deep and long-standing pool of investors and therefore pool of liquidity for companies to come and tap into. I think we also have to recognise that London remains very well placed in terms of time zone. It remains very well placed in terms of language. English is generally accepted to be the international business language. And there are therefore a multitude of advisors, a multitude of people around who can help businesses come to market. What other international markets do you see as being particularly hot when it comes to flotations in 2023? Lots of countries are trying to push themselves into that market, including both the traditional sources, but also some of the new ones. We're seeing the exchanges in the Middle East, for example, pushing very hard. I mean, I think London is doing a lot to make itself a more attractive listing place. I think the momentum on the back of the Hill Review and and then continued through with the work of Mark Austin and the ongoing work in government is important. And that momentum is definitely recognised almost more so than some of the rule changes. If I look internationally, the US remains a very competitive market for UK and European businesses. We're also seeing strong competition from continental Europe, particularly Amsterdam, but also Frankfurt and Paris, where again, they're trying to attract UK businesses. Before I let you go, just to put you on the spot slightly, just so any of our listeners that are thinking about an IPO, from your perspective, what are the three things they need to prioritise? Number one is start off with a proper and honest assessment as a business as to is IPO the right thing and what do you think your equity story is and what do you think your value is? Because a lot of people will get drawn into the prestige of being listed without properly having an honest assessment themselves. You you can talk to people in the city, they may well give you some sky high valuation estimates, be realistic and properly assess, is it the right thing for my business? Is it the right thing for my shareholders? And is it going to give me the valuation I wanted to versus other exit routes? I think the second thing for business to then think about is, do I have the resources and capabilities in my team to get through an IPO process. When we interview CFOs and CEOs after an IPO, the number one item they always draw out is a lack of resource. They wish they'd brought more resource in earlier. It is relatively cheap to over-resource. It can be very expensive, both in terms of getting people in to bail you out and in terms of delayed or failed processes to under-resource. And I think the last one is a lot of people will say an IPO is a six to nine month process, so you should start by appointing lots of advisors and then get going. As I said earlier, you need to recognise that preparedness for that process can take quite some time, typically at least six months, if not over a year sometimes, and therefore work early to understand what you need to do, what you need to prepare to get ready for the IPO process itself, and therefore recognise that the timescales may well be longer than what you might anticipate. I suppose it's kind of, it's, it's unspoken, but number four is clearly, you know, a point power score and a point Deloitte to oversee a fantastic process. Point Deloitte and power score, clearly. And I think a lot of what I say may seem quite daunting to people, but it is doable. Plenty of people get through IPO processes. It can be very rewarding afterwards, it can maybe be a very positive stepping stone on the journey for a company. So whilst it may seem daunting, it is very much doable. As you say, James, speak to experts who can help you speak to power score speak to Deloitte. Fantastic. Well, look, Simon, many thanks for your time. Here's to the IPO market recovering strongly in 2023 and 24. And here's to some very exciting transactions coming to London. Yeah. Cheers to that, James. Thank you.